book, Let's Sealing God's People, with your host, Dennis Spirit. We find in the book of Hebrews that Moses, when sanctifying the people, took them, and it states there in the book of Hebrews that he literally sprinkled the people with the blood along with water and sprinkled the book and the people, joining them to one. The word of God joined with the people through water and blood. We see that in that testament, in the testament, as long as the testator lived, is not in force. But when the testator died in his last will and testament, then it comes of force. And it states there, whereupon, this is Hebrews 9, verse 18, whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And this will be the blood that expiates the sin and the waters of separation. The blood is not applied without the water. Let's take a look at the very next verse. This is Hebrews 9, verse 18. Whereupon, neither the first testament was dedicated without blood, for when Moses had spoken every precept, line upon line, precept upon precept, and every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water. Very important. He has the blood of both calves and goats, but he sprinkles that with water and scarlet wood. Wood always in the word of God denotes flesh. We have the acacia wood overlaid with gold. The Shatim wood. That lets us know then the testimony of Jesus that it is uh, that Shatim wood and corruptible wood that's overlaid with gold that it is a sealing in the last days. In Revelation 7, the apocalyptic sealing in the mind of Christ that they're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until they receive the Holy, that promised possession. Can they be deceived? No. Why? Because they're sealed. Sealing the servants of our God in their forehead. It is the mind of Christ. But that mind there is not only with blood and expiating the sin, but a water that is applied with the blood for the waters of separation. Now we're going to see that God in the very beginning separates the water from above, from the water beneath, and the dry land he calls earth, and up there the waters above he called heaven. And this is Jesus that came by water and blood. What does that mean? It means that Jesus came from heaven. He is that spirit. But there's blood there. Where does that come from? Well, it came from Mary. The body. God took on a body of flesh and blood. He came by water and blood, and the Spirit is the one that gives a witness. What is the water? Well, it's a wash of the water of the Word. It was the Word that was made manifest. The Word of God, the Logos, which is the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. And in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. How did he do it? Well, 
And God said, let there be light. Well, when he said his word went forth, not a separate spirit, not a God junior, certainly not a second person of the Godhead. It was Jesus himself, the word of God, which is the father, which is the Holy Ghost, the one spirit of God. This is he that came by water. And we're not talking about that just water H2O. We're talking about the washing of the water of the word we're talking about. Take a look at Genesis and that first chapter. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And God said, that darkness upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God hovered upon and moved upon the waters. And a God said, let there be light. God said, there's the word. Who is that? Well, Jesus is the father. He is the spirit. He is the word. He is the Holy ghost. He is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit. He's always been the Lord. Notice that one of the first things that God creates, look at it as we go down and God said, let there be light. Genesis one, three. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. Only God is good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Now, we're children of light, not the children of darkness. There's a division. Beginning right there in Genesis 1. And God called the light day, capital D. We're children of the day. And the darkness he called night, capital N, night. Those are the ones that have no light. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Now what? The very next day. Very important. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. We have the waters now. Now remember, this is Jesus that came by water and blood. And this firmament in the midst of the waters, the middle of the waters, let it divide the waters from the waters. There's division now between the waters, physical and spiritual. Let's take a look. Next verse. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament, or heaven, from the waters which were above the firmament, or the heaven, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. Notice the waters. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. Then to be earthly minded. That's a capital E now. Now we have a capital D day. We have a capital N night, and now we have a capital E, Earth. These uh, are creations of God, but yet there will be manifest water that is above and waters gathered beneath. We want the waters of truth, and let it be by the washing of the water of the Word. You're cleansed through the words that I have spoken to you. That's the Word. But now, God sent his word. Just as he created all things, 
and that is Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, 16 to 17. All things were made by him, Jesus Christ. Whether it be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible and invisible, all things were created by him. He is the Father of glory. He is that spirit. That spirit of Christ, that doctrine of Christ, that he is that self-existent, eternal, all power, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit of God. That's Christ. But he didn't stop there. He needed a savior. He had to have a kinsman redeemer. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Well, was it the waters of truth? Yes. He came by water and blood. And it's the spirit that bears witness. What? That God is manifest in the flesh. The washing of water, the word. It's the waters of separation. Now we'll see all through the word of God that the waters for cleansing. We're going to see that in the waters of separation to separate Egypt, from the people of God, Israel, that they're going to find themselves at the Red Sea, the Red Sea, on the third day. And there they are boxed in. They have left Egypt. And before them is the Red Sea, mountains on each side. And before them approaching is the army of the Egyptians. And Moses and cries to God. He said, what is in your hand, Moses? Lift up your rod. And as he did, the Red Sea parted. How? By an east wind. We're see the Eurycladon. That Eurycladon is the east wind that we see in the book of Acts. It's not a wind to fan nor to cleanse. It's the wind of God. And that wind separated the waters and it stood upon its banks. And Israel went across Drashad across and then on the other side those waters of separation they could never ever turn back again to Egypt why because of the water the waters of separation even if they died in the wilderness they would not die in Egypt they would die in that wilderness as children of God but never having received their promise by faith, going on and pleasing God by faith. They were all baptized unto Moses. Howbeit, God was not pleased with all of them because they murmured. And of course, you know the different things, the waters there at Massa and Meribah. At Massa, they people needed water. Here we go with the water again. You cannot live without water. It's a sustenance for life. It's also the very being of life and the waters of truth. You live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And you're clean through the words that I've spoken to you. Jesus stated. And there they needed water. Well, the rock was following them. Paul stated the rock that came and followed the children of Israel from the exodus of Egypt. And that rock was Christ. There they are in Massive. What are they going to do? They had need water. God tells Moses, strike the rock with your rod that it may bring forth water abundantly. 
Moses obeyed. The rock gives forth water, 600,000 men, not counting women and children, have abundance of water. As they go on, we know that they're murmurers. We find that they're going to be uh, literally uh, complaining against Moses. When he marries the Ethiopian woman, uh, there even Aaron and Miriam come against Moses. And there's dissension and strife, but Moses stands faithful to God. And now we come to Meribah. Waters of strife again. Notice the waters. You either receive it or we come against there and the waters there we don't believe in our sanctification process. Not Meribah. They're chiding again with Moses. They need water. And Moses becomes angry. How long shall I put up with you? And instead of just speaking to the rock to sanctify God in the midst of Israel, he strikes it again with his rod. He should only strike it once. Jesus died once and once and for all. This is he that came by water. That rock was Christ. And Moses missed God in sanctifying God before the children of Israel. And he smote the rock again instead of speaking to it. From then on, you only sacrifice once and once for all, and then you speak to that rock. Moses struck it again as a type of crucifying afresh again the Son of God. Because of that, God didn't give the water, but Moses would not be able to enter the promised land simply because he did not sanctify the Lord God Almighty before the children of Israel and just simply speaking to the rock to give forth water. We also see again that when that Red Sea parted by that east wind, God's wind, God's holy wind, the Eurycladon, that east wind as it parted, it separated the Egyptians from Israel. They essayed to do the same. The Egyptians were going across, saying that the children of Israel had passed through the Red Sea. They were going to do the same. And as they essayed to go across, the waters returned upon them and God drowned all the army of Egypt and tore their wheels off of their chariots. And they died there because they have to be in obedience to the rod and to the staff, the leading of the Holy Ghost, and born again. There's no salvation without being born of water and the Spirit. You must be born again. John 3 states that. Jesus stated to Nicodemus that you must be born again. You must be born of the water and the Spirit. That's what separates you from the world. And Nicodemus, as most, think, well, how can a man that is old enter the second time into his mother's womb? That's impossible. But Jesus said, that which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. I'm talking about the waters which are above the firmament. Jesus came by that water. The waters of truth. The spirit of God. The spirit of truth. The Word of God. And we're sanctified through these words 
Not that Jesus said from a fleshly point of view, because Jesus said in John 14, the words that I speak are not mine. Well, then whose words are they? The Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me forever. They are his. The words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. The word does the works. We don't do the works. The works that accompany salvation are not ours. They are the Lord's. We cannot say that we have done anything for we are all unprofitable servants. We've only done that, which is our duty to do. It is the Lord that is within us that sanctifies us holy, both spirit, soul, and body through the leading of the fire of the Holy Ghost whose fan is in his hand, not ours, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and burn up all the dross to where we will be perfected in the Lord Jesus Christ. How? Through the water and through the blood. Now, there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. They're exactly the same spirit. That is heist, the Greek word heist, H-E-I-S, meaning one that there. Father, the Word of the Holy Ghost is but one Spirit. Different functions, but the same Spirit. Different offices, same Spirit. But there's three that bear record in the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. Now, what are we talking about here? Well, it's the waters of separation again, and the blood that sanctifies, expiates sin, and washes away. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. When we see about the drink offering, there's a sin offering, trespass offering, a drink offering. We're going to see that drink, drink offering when we come against Baal and the prophets of the grove. Elijah, he prepares an offering. It's a showdown between the prophets of Baal, 450, and prophets of the grove, 400. 850 prophets against one prophet, Elijah. Notice how that we see in the ashes of the red heifer. We see that in the offering that is going to be accepted by God. It's on Mount Carmel. You've all read it. You've probably read it a thousand times. And, you know, the actual event that happened. And we have a confrontation. Baal, that is, the prophets of peace, when there is no peace, that you find most churches in today in the global Christian community. They're saying that God is love and is peace and will not suffer any of the church of God, the real body of Christ, to go through any sorrows, birth pangs, tribulation, work of patience, patience, the work of experience, and experience that worketh hope. They said, no, God's not going to do that. God won't beat his wife. But that's not understanding the, the flesh that must mortify and be mortified by the fire of the Holy Ghost that we all may be presented blameless after being sanctified holy. How? Through the word. 
and were sanctified through the washing of the water of the word. And that water is the waters of separation. It separates us from the worldly-minded, earthly-minded, to be earthly-minded, or to be heavenly-minded with the waters above. Jesus came by water and blood. Well, what kind of water? The washing water of the word. We also see that blood in Acts 20, 28, that the blood, the man Jesus Christ, hath been glorified back to the glory he had with the Father, not something less. After he had completed and fulfilled the law in every aspect, he did not go there to just standing beside the right hand of God, seated at the right hand of God. That's the place he prepared for us, the body of Christ. Where did he go? Well, there's only one throne in heaven, not three thrones. As most surmise, there's only one throne of God in heaven, and it's not the thrones of God and of the Lamb, being plural. It's the throne of God and of the Lamb. It's only one throne. Now, how you see that throne and who sits on that throne determines whether it's heaven or hell. Jesus in Revelation 3.21, said that the him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's a throne power with God that he prepared for us, not for him, for us. That we would be adopted sons and daughters of God. And he will grant us a set in his throne. That's a place he prepared for us. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame, Jesus said, and him set, it's E-T, not S-I-T, in a set positional, but it's E-T, forever settled state of glory. Always has been God, always will be God, though he made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself in a humiliation to take on a body of flesh and blood, but after he has accomplished that and fulfilled the law in every aspect, then he takes the ordinances of that law, nails it to his cross, and breaks down that metal wall of partition that was contrary to us, thereby making peace. And one new man, that new man, the Christ Jesus, has been made a quickening spirit, not a quickening body of flesh and bone, but a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Now, all power in heaven and earth is given to him. He is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit. The Lord is that Christ. Now that Christ is in us. Though after Jesus' resurrection, he has fulfilled the law. And we're not under the law now, but we're under grace. And he did it by his sacrificial offering of the water and the blood. This is he that came by water and blood, the waters of truth, the washing of the water of the word, and the waters of cleansing, and the expiating power of the blood. Where? The Spirit beareth witness that Jesus did come by water and blood. And you see that in 1 John 5. This is he that came by water and blood, not by just blood, only but water and blood because the waters of truth and those were the waters above the firmament that is called heaven. He descended 
from heaven. How do you know that? Because John 3.13 tells us, no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Jesus standing there before his disciples, stating that he was in heaven. Has nothing to do with flesh. It's not divine flesh. That's an oxymoron. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. And the flesh is enmity against the spirit and spirit against the flesh. So what do we do? We mortify the deeds of the flesh, crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust. How do you do it? Through these waters of separation, the waters of cleansing, that blood that expiates the sin, which is alive. And the water is uh, forever moving. Notice in the, the time of the, in Numbers, we have in the Old Testament, in the days of Moses, that there's going to be waters of separation. And how is it going to be determined? Well, it's very important for us and instructional in Christ, which the law was our schoolmaster in Christ. All has to do with Christ from the beginning to the end, from Genesis to Revelation. It is written in the volume of the book, I come to do thy will of God for a body that has prepared me from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. What is that? Take a look at Numbers 19. And we're seeing that there's a red heifer. And it's without spot. Jesus will be the spotless, blameless Lamb of God. We're here. We're talking about a red heifer. Not a bullock, a heifer. Wherein is no blemish, and upon which never came a yoke. This will be the spotless, sin, sinless Jesus Christ as our burnt offering, burnt to ashes. A complete death, that in his deaths, plural, he tasted death for every man, you and me and every person ever born on the face of this earth. And he tells us how this will work with the high priesthood. Now, as we look at it in Numbers 19, and the Lord spake unto Moses and said to Aaron, this is the ordinance of the law, which the Lord hath commanded, saying, speak to the children of Israel that they bring the a red heifer without spot, wherein is no blemish, has to be perfect, and upon which never a yoke came. And you shall give her unto Eliezer the priest, that he may bring her forth without the camp. Jesus was crucified out without the camp. And one shall slay her before his face. And Eliezer the priest shall take of her blood not male, but female, with his finger. We see and sprinkle of her blood directly before the tabernacle of the congregation seven times. Progressive, not just once, seven times. We have seven feasts of the Lord. We have the feast of Passover, feast of unleavened bread, feast of first fruits, the feast of weeks, the feast of uh, uh, there in the feast of trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Progressive. Three seasons, three feasts of the Lord where we eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. And we find it here in a type and shadow of that of Jesus Christ. What does it have to do with water? 
Well, one shall burn the heifer. This is a burnt offering. In his sight, her skin, her flesh, and her blood. With her dung shall he burn it. And the priest shall take cedar wood. This is uncovering the cedar work, which the walls in the holiest of all, the most holy place, are of cedar, the fir floors, but the walls of cedar where we have the ceiling indicative here in the last days of an engraving of an engraver, a cedar work. That in Zephaniah 2, God said he will uncover the cedar work. Now, I'm not speaking to the babes. We're speaking to those that are coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto fathers in the last day that will turn the hearts of these fathers that's come into that word of God that are sealed and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Bring us all unto perfection by the work of the ministry. If we do not do it, God will said, if not, I will come and smite the earth with a curse. We cannot let this true word of God, the washing of water of the word, and this blood of our Lord Jesus Christ literally dry up and perish upon the earth and the oil languish. We have to receive that word and drink that blood of Jesus and eat his flesh. If we do not, then there's nothing but a curse left for us. God has made the provision. It's up to us to act on it and to be obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, unto perfection. Now, the priest shall take that cedar wood, uncovering the cedar work in Zephaniah 2. God said, I'll uncover the cedar work. In the last days, every work will be made known through the judgment of God. And that cedar wood with hyssop, Hyssop was a plant that grew everywhere, and it speaks of faith. This is the faith, the measure of faith that God has dealt to every man, the measure of faith for his glory, for his work, for his purpose, for his will, which we must take hold of in this hyssop and apply it to our lives. And scarlet, the scarlet speaks of the blood, obviously. And cast it into the midst of the burning of the heifer. A total burnt offering. Not a partial burnt offering. A complete burnt offering to ashes. Then the priest shall wash his clothes. He shall bathe his flesh in water. There's that water. And we're going to see that this is going to be a progressive washing of the water of the word in running water. And it is a progressive uh, Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, that we must walk in the light as he's in the light, in present proceeding word of God. If we don't, we're backslid. We cannot stay Pentecostals. We must go on unto tabernacles, receiving the present truth of the word. The priest shall wash his clothes and bathe his flesh in water. And afterward, he shall come into the camp, and the priest shall be unclean unto the evening. Well, there's that morning and evening sacrifice. That's Shema. Your O Lord, there, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The greatest commandment of all, Mark 12, 29. The first commandment of all, and that is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Not a trinity, not a two-ness, not a oneness, but one. 
the Yaqib, the so unique, solitary, only begotten God, the only begotten Son, the only begotten One, the Yaqib, as we see in Philippians 2, 6-8, Isaiah 43, 10, that he states that, Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen, the man that will have the work of God that is not his, but the fathers that dwells in him, the word there of the heavens above the firmament. He came by that, the waters of truth, and manifested it in flesh and blood. And whenever he's pierced on his side, forthwith there came water and blood. Not blood only, but water. What the waters of truth. It flowed freely from Jesus, from his body. And it says there, he afterward, after he washes and bathes his flesh in water, he shall come into the camp, and the priest shall be unclean until the evening. And that evening sacrifice, it is finished. Jesus cried it. At that, that three o'clock afternoon, that ninth hour, it is finished. And it was uh, three hours from noon until three, from sixth to ninth hour, there of total darkness in uh, Jesus' sacrifice. And he that burneth her, the, the red heifer, shall wash his clothes in water. There's a change of raiment. And bathe his flesh in water, the body of Christ, and shall be unclean until the evening. Watch it now. And a man that is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and lay them up without the camp, in a clean place. And it shall be kept for what? For the congregation of the children of Israel, the church of the living God, for what? A water of separation. It is a purification for sin. What? Through the washing of the water of the word is our shadow of things to come for each one of us in the progressive truth of the word of God that we receive and we're clean through the words that he has spoken to us. This is our daily bread. And we, there is a washing of the water of the word by which we are cleansed. And that's our daily bread. And he that gathereth the ashes of the heather, heifer shall wash his clothes. He shall be unclean, unclean to the evening, and it shall be unto the children of Israel, and to the strangers that sojourn among them for a statute forever. He that touches the dead body of any man shall be unclean seven days. See how this water of separation is working. And watch the third day and the seventh day. The third day, I'll raise you up and you will live in my sight. Hosea 6. I'm speaking of those that have grown up into the Lord Jesus, young men that are going to be fathers and sealed for the work of the ministry in these last days that are come upon us now. And it says, uh, he shall purify himself on the third day. That third day is the day that God said, I'll raise you up and that third day and you will live in my sight. And on the seventh day, he shall be cleansed. The final sevens, the feast of sevens, there's your revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which is... Uh, on that seventh day going into, after the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Ingathering, 
the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Prophecy, the Feast of All Feasts. But if he purified not himself the third day in that progressive word of God, then he sh then the seventh day he shall not be clean. It's predicated upon us receiving the word of God, not the first or second, but the third day. And then that third day, I'll raise you up. You will live in my sight. You will be perfected to the measure of the stature of uh, Jesus Christ bringing many sons unto glory. Notice what he says. Whosoever touches the dead body of any man that is dead and purifieth not himself, sanctify yourself, holy. It's up to us, both spirit, soul, and body. Sanctify them through that truth. What? The washing of the waters of the word of God, which is the truth. If he do not, if he does not purify himself, that is sanctification. Defileth the tabernacle of the Lord, which tabernacle we are. And that soul shall be cut off from Israel. Oh, no, they say. God will not allow us to perish. No, he didn't. We did. We didn't purify ourselves. We didn't sanctify ourselves holy through the washing of the water of the word. Through this, he that came by water, the waters of truth and blood perfect, spotless, blameless, uncorruptible word of God, his own blood that he shed, his life blood for us, calling the blood of Jesus an unholy thing because the water of separation was not sprinkled upon him. What water? The water that separates you. What from the obedience to the word of God? He shall be unclean. His uncleanness is yet upon him. Oh, my goodness. Don't tell me sanctification by the worst washing water of the word is not essential for salvation. This is the law. When a man dieth in a tent, all that come into the tent and all that be in the tent shall be unclean seven days. And every open vessel which have the, no covering bound upon it, got to have a covering of Jesus, it is unclean. And whosoever touches one that is slain with a sword in the open fields or a dead body or a bone of a man or a grave shall be unclean seven days. And for an unclean person, they shall take of the, there's those ashes. It's already been provided, that burning offering of Jesus. Take the ashes of uh, the burnt heifer of purification for sin and what? and running water. Why? That's progressive truth. It's not stagnant. It's the way of light. Light is not in the place of light. It's a way of light because light is, light is always moving in the life of God. That's godliness. You got to add to your faith. We all have to add to our faith virtue. Be right and truthful with God. Then we have to add to our virtue knowledge. The people perish for lack of knowledge. We have to grow. It's progressive. Progressive truth. And uh, then from that knowledge, we have to add to our self-temperance, self-control. Even striving for the mastery must be temperate, self-controlled in all things and all truth. The things of faith. And then from temperance, patience. Let patience have a perfect work. That's through 
tribulation that worked patience and patience that worked experience. There, then you go to the God life. Add to your patience their godliness, the God life. And what is that mystery of godliness? The God life. That God himself was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up into glory. 1 Timothy 3.16. Well, that is the God of glory that came by water and blood. Perfect water, perfect blood, the waters of separation, and the blood that expiates and cleanses us from all sin. It's progressive. If we walk in that light of present truth and the washing of water of the word, then we have fellowship one with another. We're in that blood flow. And the blood of Jesus then cleanses us from all sin. But if we don't sanctify ourselves, then it's unclean. He states that. Notice that he says that if the time you touch a dead body or bone of a man or grave or unclean, seven days. Verse 17, this is Numbers 19, verse 17. See how the progression. And it says, and for an unclean person, they shall take of the ashes of that burnt heifer. The word of God, that son of God that died on the cross for us in a complete work of sanctification, purification, and atonement for our sins and our propitiation in our stead has made the way for each one of us as this shadowed in the ashes of the burnt heifer, a purification for sin. It's kept there. And running water, notice it's progressive. It's the way of light, running water, not stagnant, running. It's always progressing higher and higher, carrying us on to the measure of the stature of the deep, calling unto the deep. The deep, the waters of truth of heaven, calling unto what? Calling unto the deep in our heart. And God answers by the water spout, not us, but that whirlwind of truth that springs up within the individual believer unto the truth of God, literally coming into the holiest of all with all boldness, leading us and guiding us into all truth unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, not something less. So the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's a lot of liberty. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, not darkly, but beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. That's that running water of the purification of the red heifer, which is the washing water of the word of Jesus Christ. He came by water in truth, and that spirit bears witness of that. If we receive that testimony, we have set to our seal that God is true. He is the Father of glory that is manifest in that place. We can't miss that. We must know it. Notice it's over running water shall be put thereto in a vessel and a clean person shall take hyssop, that's faith, and dip it in the water and sprinkle it upon the tent. Why? Because it's a washing. It's a washing of the water of the word. We see that all the way through. We find the same thing with Elijah on Mount Carmel. 
What does he do when he has a confrontation with a bailout? Saying everything is peace. There's no sanctification process of mortifying the deeds of the flesh, crucifying the flesh with the effects of the lust. They say, no, 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 you don't need that. They, the prophets of Baal say peace when there is no peace. We find that in the book of Daniel in the apocalypse that he says that by peace shall the Antichrist destroy many. Jesus said, you think I come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword to set a man at variance. Father against his son, mother against the daughter, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. A man's foes will be those of his own household. It'll be a thing in the church where they will not go on to progressive glory to the measure of the statue of Jesus, and they will fight one another in the, in the body of Christ, just as Jesus stated. A man's foes will be those of his own household. He said it to the point in John 16, he said, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended, that the time will come. They're going to liberate you up out of the synagogues, out of the churches. They're going to cast your name out for evil because the way of truth will be evil spoken of, calling good evil and evil good. doesn't stop there. He said, yes, the time comes that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. That's how perverted in judgment they are. Why? This they will do because they not have not known the waters of truth. This they will do because they do not know the Father nor me, Jesus said. They don't understand the word that I speak are not mine. It's the waters from heaven. The watching of the water of the word. They don't understand that. The Father of glory that Jesus is. The words that I speak are not mine, John 14. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. The works that accompany salvation is the washing of water. The word, the word, the Father of glory, doing the works in us. And there's where the washing of the water, of the word and the waters of truth, literally will fill the earth. That's the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. The waters of truth. Don't be deceived. Let us all go into the glory of the Lord through this waters of separation. Got to be separate from the world. Come you out of her, Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of hearts, abomination of the earth. They said, I said a queen. I am no widow and I will see no sorrow, no birth pains, no trouble, no tribulation for me. No tribulation, the work of patience, the work of experience. Somebody said, well, that's a not essential. Really? Need to take a good look at it. Amos 9, verse 9. God is called to sift all the house of Israel among the nations. That's exactly what he'll do in the last days. He'll shake not only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as the things that are made. The earthly things of the world will be, and man-made doctrine will be shaken and removed. That all the things that cannot be shaken, the things of faith may remain. We're the remnant of her seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, the faith of Jesus. Revelation 12. We are the ones that are the redeemed of the Lord. In Revelation 14, 12. That keep the commandments of God because we love God and the love of God's perfected 
and keep us his commandments, and we are perfected in him. And we have the faith of Jesus. That's the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, Revelation 14, 12. There we are now in that proceeding word of God, in that sealing process of the servants of God, in their foreheads of them that have an ear to hear. The ones that know the signs of the time are entering into that glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, from glory to glory, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, unto a perfect man. Everything that Elijah did in that restoration ministry, he prepared against all these false prophets of Baal. They prophesied peace. They were Baalites. They were, as Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, followed their pernicious ways. Not giving glory to God, but their own uh, doctrines of men. And because of that, God will literally shake them and remove them, that all that cannot be shaken may remain through the last day work of God. When judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire, a consumption decreed upon all the inhabitants of the earth. O earth, 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 hear ye the word of the Lord. But the good news is the consumption decreed will overflow in righteousness. All that's left in the land the earth will know him from the least to the greatest. And all these so-called scientists that tell you the world will be completely annihilated and destroyed within 10 or 12 years are foolish, know not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and have no idea of the work of the ministry. Neither the mind of God and the mind of Christ. We don't know man knows have the mind of God, but we have the mind of Christ. They have no idea. But you that are called to the Lord, the wise shall understand these things. The wicked cannot understand them. Elijah is a restoration prophet. John, in the book of the Revelation, is in the spirit of Elijah. And it's given unto the servants of God that are sealed in their forehead these things which must shortly come to pass. He said and signified it. That's a seal the signet, the sign aloft of, and to, and by his angel unto John. And John gives it to us in the spirit of Elijah. How do we know that? God said, I stand at the door and knock. Any man will hear my voice. Got to hear the voice of God. And we'll open the door. We have to move on it. Can't just hear it and say, well, Brother Beard spoke something. I heard another prophet or some bishop so-and-so said such and such. That won't get it. Got to move on it. Got to act on it. Got to believe it. Got to take part in it. Take an active role. Can't just sit idly by. Just sit idly by is no faith at all. You have to join up and be active. And that is your faith there being seen of all men, your good works and glorifying your Lord Jesus in heaven. Well, what is happening now? Well, that Elijah ministry is the restoration ministry, and the Lord will not come back to this earth until we see in Acts 3, 20 and 21 that the heavens must receive Jesus. 
until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, all truth. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. The things which are seen are temporal. That's the waters of the earth beneath. But we're set our affections on the things above, the waters above, the waters of truth that came by Jesus Christ. And we know that because the Spirit gives witness to it, that he is God manifest in the flesh, that he is that waters of separation, that he is the washing of the water of that word that was made flesh. And he shed his everlasting uh, life's blood for our propitiation, for our the sin to be expiated, for we would be the children of God, bringing many sons unto glory, and the whole creation moaneth and groaneth in pain to be delivered into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. But not only they, but we also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, do groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our bodies. It's still going to happen. Those skin worms eat my flesh, Job said, yet in my flesh I will see God. Those skin worms eat this body, yet in my flesh I will see God. He knows and had the assurance that God will resurrect our bodies. And we, as we have, have, have worn the earthly, we will also wear the heavenly. There we find in this Elijah ministry, in the last day, work of the ministry, that Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, which he is now doing, preparing us for the work of the ministry in these last days, that as he was transfigured before Peter, James, and John, that there appeared Moses and Elijah with him. Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build here three tabernacles, three booths, three Sukkoths, not Pentecostals, tabernacles, those that have an ear to hear. You're going into a higher grade, a higher truth, a higher glory, a higher faith to faith from glory to glory into this last day work of the ministry. You will be vessels meet for the master's use. You will be who God uses. And uh, they saw Jesus, Elijah, and Moses. And Peter said, it's good for us to be here. Let us build three booths, three tabernacles, three cigars. But he was not what he said. He didn't know why he said it. Well, there we have Jesus. He only did redemption miracles. Where we have Moses. He did judgment miracles. And then we have Elijah. He did the kingdom miracles of restoration. There, whenever they came up and they saw Jesus only. Peter, James, and John saw Jesus only. It was not Moses doing those judgment miracles upon Egypt. It was the Christ in God Almighty himself that was in Moses doing those. It was not Elijah doing those restoration miracles. Those kingdom miracles done by Elijah was done by the Christ, the God that was in Elijah. And Jesus said, the works that I do, the words are not mine. That's that waters from above. That's that waters of truth. I came by that. The words that I speak are not mine. But the Father that dwelleth in me houses permanently in me forever. He's the one doing the work. He's the one healing sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loose the dumb tongues, the lame walking, the captain going free. And blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in thee. 
and they saw Jesus only. In the last days, we won't see a trinity. We won't see a twoness. We won't see a oneness. We will see a Jesus-only doctrine of Christ and the whole world. In the world, there will be only one king over all the earth and his name, one. Zechariah 14. Jesus, Jesus only. When they came down off that mount, the disciples said, why do the disciples of John, John the Baptist, think that Elijah must come first? Jesus gave us a truth. Matthew 17, he said, Elijah, truly must first come and restore all things. Why? Because the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution and restoration of all things. All truth. That new wine in that must be put in a new wineskin. That's for us today. That God is trying and his word going forth to knock at our doors. And any man that hears this voice of God, not me, not Brother Beard, but the voice of God will open the door and God said, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. These are the last day things of faith unto all truth, unto perfection. And that is the trumpet. In Revelation 4.1, that's not a rapture, but it is spoken by John. There was a door open in heaven. Jesus knocked on the door, door open, John's door open, his heart open and a voice of a trumpet talking with him. That's the voice of God. They come up hither, go higher, and I will show you things. It's not a rapture. It's not a harpazo. This is a revelation of the things of perfection. The last day work of the ministry. The final last season of God in the latter reign of the Holy Ghost manifest in and through the body of Christ. And he tells John, I will show you things. Come up hither. I will show you things. The things of faith. The last full all truth. I want to show you. John will show it to you so you can give it to my servants and they're going to be sealed in their forehead in Revelation 7. And they will have the mind of Christ. They will be my instruments that will proclaim this everlasting gospel to all the world for witness of all nations, and then the end will come to those that have an ear to hear. And John wrote that for us, and he said, he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and he saw and heard what the seven thunders uttered of their voices. Revelation 10. He was about to write, said, write it not. But it was told, John, take the book, the little book, out of the angel's hand. Take it. Nobody's going to give it to you. You've got to take it. The kingdom of God suffers violent. The violent take it by force. The law and the prophets warned to John. Since that time, men pressed their way into it. Pressed? Yeah. You've got to take this. It's there for the taking. If you move on it by faith and believe it. There said it will, John, this Bibliorydian, this little book, this gospel of Jesus Christ that has been compressed into a little book where you can eat all of it. Take it out of the angel's hand. It'll be sweet to your mouth as honey. It'll be bitter to your belly because of those sufferings that we're going to go through. But it'll be sweet to your mouth as honey in a revelation. 
John took the book and he ate all of it. It was sweet to his mouth as honey and uh, bitter to his belly. Notice it says, John, you must again prophesy, preach, proclaim, proclamate this word to all nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. Who, John? You ought to be raised from the dead to do it? No, you, the body of Christ, in that John, not John the Baptist who forerun Jesus in the spirit of Elijah at his first coming, but you, the John, the revelator, the beloved disciple whom Jesus loved in the spirit of Elijah, that will forerun Jesus' second coming, his second advent when he comes a second time without sending salvation for the salvation of his saints. You're it. God's called you. What will we do with it? That's up to you. I'm here. God spoke to me in a visitation on the 19th of January, 2019. said, seal my people by my word. Even as I sent my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. We have been obedient in doing that and have a great influx of ministers, pastors, evangelists, all through Africa and India and Pakistan for the most part. Thousands. And that's not hyperbole. I need to hear from those in America. We need to hear from you. Not of any of our righteousness or our holiness. We're just servants of God. We pop the rag, shine your shoes as servants to you, the body of Christ. Well, that Elijah ministry, that restoration ministry, which must come forth in the restoration of all things, just as Jesus stated in Matthew 17, that Elijah truly must first come and restore all things, all things of faith. That's a testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. That's a faith of Jesus given to us. Not partial truth in Pentecost, seen through glass darkly, but the last day truth of the word of God unto perfection, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Growing up into him in all things, all truth. They were not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that will literally permeate the earth in the last days to those that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. The time is now. Who will hear for this time to come? Oh, that they were wise, that they understood their latter end to the law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and to the testimony, Isaiah 8, Revelation 19, 10. If any speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. None at all. If Jesus, it's all or nothing. You can't stand on our Pentecostal laurels and think that we have heaven made. We must go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus in the last season of God, not Pentecostals, but tabernacleists. And that's what God is doing now. We find that just as Moses did with the red ashes of the red heifer, with Eliezer, that we're seeing that Elijah will do it again as a type and shadow of things to come, as he does with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove on Mount Carmel. Notice how he prepares the sacrifice. After all the prophets of Baal, all the prophets of the groves cut themselves and they for all from the morning until noon, cutting themselves, and still Baal doesn't answer. Why? Because he's a false god. There's no God. Peace. He's going to answer by fire and not by 
water alone. This is by the fire of the Holy Ghost, a consuming fire that will overflow in righteousness. And the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters, the waters of truth, cover the seas. Multitudes, kindreds, nations, and tongues. To those that have an ear, to know what the waters and the seas are. Multitudes, and the peoples, all the languages of the earth, will there be one pure language given to all of us. What has happened? Notice what time it comes for Elijah. He says, now stand back and let's see the true God. This is the last day ministry. The ministry of the body of Christ, the ministry of Jesus, the Jesus ministry that will be revealed in the last days, these days. And it says there that he says, Elijah called all the people to him. We're putting a call out to all people. Not in our voice, but in the voice of the Lord. Jesus said, they kept my word. They will keep your word. Our word's not ours. It's his word. But he said, you speak my word. They heard my word. They'll hear yours. We're speaking to you. And Elijah said to all the people, come near unto me, gathering all the people. All the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Elijah took 12 stones as perfect government of God, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, and to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. Israel, he will rule as God, a rule with God. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name, singular name of the Lord, Jesus. And he made a trench, the trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed, not one measure, but a double measure, not a former rain, but the latter rain as well, a double portion. And he put the wood in order. That's the body of Christ, the wood. And cut the book in pieces. That is the sacrifice. That's the covenant that was made with Abraham. The book cut in pieces and Abraham walked through it and the Lord and they made a figure eight. Mine is yours and yours is mine in the covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And laid him, that bullock, on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water. There's a synopsis with the four carpenters, a lion, man, ox, and eagle. There we have the vessels, the barrels of what? Waters of truth. And pour it on the burnt sacrifice. Why? And on the wood. That's a washing water of the word for purification. Notice what happens. And he said, do it the second time. Not only the one time, the one time only. That's the first season. We have that first season, the feast of the season of Passover, the feast of uh, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. That is uh, that barley harvest. But then he said, do it the second time. That's the feast of Pentecost, the feast of weeks. That's the wheat harvest. Then he says, now not on that. Then he said, do it the third time. This is the washing water of the word in perfection of truth in the third day, the third time. Three is always the number of resurrection, not the Trinity, resurrection. The third day, I'll raise you up. It's resurrection. And they did it the third time. Obedience is required. Notice what happened. 
and the water ran round about the altar. The altar, the prayer, the sacrificial giving of our soul upon our bodies, a living sacrifice unto God. The waters of truth there pouring around it. The washing of the water of the word. And it filled the trench also with water. Everything around with the waters of truth. It came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, the work of Jesus being completed, that Elijah the prophet came there. It's the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant, the servants of God being sealed in their forehead, and that I have done all these things, all the things of truth, at thy word, not my word, your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, not a trinity, not a two, not a one is, and thou hast turned their heart back again. That's your Hosea 6. That's a restoration of the word of God, the people of God, to the true God, eternal life, in Hosea 6. One. Come and let's return to the Lord. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. After the second day, he will revive us. This is not revival. In the third day, he will raise us up. That's the third time. And we will live in his sight. If we follow him to know the Lord, he's going forth as prepared as the morning. What is it? He will come to us as the rain, former and the latter rain. It is upon us that those that have an ear to hear. Does God accept it? Of course he does. He says right here that the fire of the Lord fell, the Holy Ghost. It fell on the day of Pentecost. Twelve tongues of fire appeared on them, sat on each one of them. They, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with the tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. But this will be far, far greater. That former rain moderately will pale in comparison to the work of the ministry in the last days, in the last great reign of history, standing in uh, that power of his might, not our own power, his power. And he said, the Lord God, the fire consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. There is your drink offering to the Lord God Almighty. This is Jesus that came by water and blood, the waters of truth, the washing water of the word. And we find that in Acts 20, 28. I'll leave it with you. Take heed to yourselves and over all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. But the blood's not applied without the water, the washing, the water, the word. That is, this is he that came by water and blood. And the spirit is the one that beareth witness. That the testimony that God gave of his son is true. He is the father revealed. God manifest in the flesh. There is none other. The son of God has come and given us an understanding of him that is true. And we are in him, that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the only true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols, amen. 
1 John 5, 20, and the epistle of John ends there. There, we want you to contact us. The phone number is on your screen. God's doing it now. To those that have an ear to hear, contact me. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you. I'm hearing you in Africa and India. There's so many calling out, and we will get back to you. I will get back to you. Our prayers are with you for the furtherance of this gospel and the all perfecting of all the saints of God. Leave a message. I'll get back to you. The country code is plus one, 903-746-4885. Please call. Let's join together. For the edifying of the body of Christ and to the unity of the faith, the body of Christ has to come together. The bones there will come together, just as stated in Ezekiel 37. All of Israel will be gathered together, the body of Christ for the edifying of itself in love, of whichever joint supplies for that edification. It takes us coming together. If God moved on you and you, that Spirit of God has borne witness with your spirit, then call me. Let's work together. You can write to me. Post office box is on your screen. You can also contact me there at Sealing God's People. That's our email. Sealing God's People at Dennisbeard.org. That's our email address. You can also contact me at Dennisbeard.org, SealingGodsPeople.org, SealingGodsPeople.com, and our instructional videos at jcic.tv. That's our website, jcic.tv, Jesus Christ International Church, acronym for it, jcic.tv, for instructional videos there for the ministers and believers in this last day, truth of the Word of God. Well, we pray that God perfects every one of us uh, unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, perfect that which is lacking in all of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, our Lord Jesus, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.